Hello, and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Owens, and joining me as always is Aaron Capo. Hello. And I'm dying to know how far you are in God of War Ragnarok. I, unfortunately, so Thanksgiving was this past uh, time, this past week. Uh, or I guess it wasn't this past week, but uh, I was busy this week at work. But that's all to say that I haven't had a lot of time to play, but I have reached the somewhat late game area question mark of the crater in Vanaheim uh, where like all the dragons are. So I believe I am uh, pretty much a hundred percent done with that crater. The last time I ended, I had done that thing where you like open up the dam and I've gone across the river and I'm about to go back to Sindri's house to do stuff. So that is my current location. It took me by surprise when you like get through to the crater and then all of a sudden it like opens up and there's yeah. just like a ton a to do there. A huge area. It was, uh, it really surprised me because I was like, I don't know. It seemed like the other areas like had a few side quests to do, but then is that Vanaheim? I forget which place that is. Now I'll ask, I want to ask, uh, how much of the like, like accessibility options did you use in your playthrough? Um, I don't think very, oh, I use the ones that are like auto pickup stuff and like maybe auto vault over stuff. You know what I'm but, using is, uh, boss checkpoints. And oh, I, really? I gotta say it has made it a much more enjoyable game when I turn that on because it basically saves your place whenever you're doing like a mini boss. So for instance, when I got to the crater, there's that, I forget what those things are called, those balls that are like uh, all purple, you know what I'm talking about? Those enemies? No. It's like a big the ball, and then oh, you have to... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. So uh, I fought that one, and I got like halfway and then died, and I was like, oh, man, I really don't want to have to do this all over again. It took so long. And then when I respond, because I had that boss checkpoints on, like half of his uh, tower things were already destroyed, so I could just pick back up. Nice. It's a uh, it's a great feature. I gotta say, if you just want to do story and you don't really care about like, you know, going hardcore mode or whatever, um, it's been really nice to just turn that on. I like I've died a couple of times, and it's like usually in a mini boss like arena, and having that turned on and like being able to just pick up right where I left off, but I have full health again, has been just like very pleasant. Yeah, they have a lot of really nice accessibility features in the game. And one of the things I really like about it is that, like, you're kind of not locked out at all from, like, trophies and achievements. If you uh, choose to play on, like, the easy difficulty or whatever, uh, and you turn on a bunch of those accessibility features, like, it's not going to be like, oh, you can't get, like, you couldn't platinum this. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to. It's made for everyone. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to force you to try to, like, bang your head against the wall to to beat it on, like, the hardest difficulty if you don't want to. So, very nice feature. Uh, Speaking of God of War Ragnarok, uh, Sony released information this last week about the fact that um, God of War Ragnarok is the fastest-selling first-party launch game in PlayStation history. I believe it. It's doing, doing quite well. What's it, what would it be I, up against? What's another first party game that they launched? 
I mean, like previous God of War games. Yeah, that's true. Was Uncharted a was that first party or that was they didn't ha- own that when it first started coming out, did they? I don't know, cause that's Naughty Dog, and I yeah, they don't. Do they own Naughty Dog right now? I don't know if they own Naughty Dog. They might. I'm not sure, actually. That's a good question. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's so good. And it's so good. Their trailers for the game were so well done. Excellent marketing. Yeah, yeah I gotta say. Did you see that weird uh, Ben Stiller thing? I saw that it was out. I just I didn't watch it though. It was weird. I didn't watch all of it, but it was like a weird thing, and I I don't know why they did that. But I mean. Whatever, more power to him. <laughs> it seemed funny that it exists, but I didn't watch it. But uh, we did not pick up Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Correct. And it seems like that was the correct choice because Nintendo is even issuing refunds for the game because it's performing so poorly on the Switch. It's crazy. Uh, like, I mean, I've seen both ways. I've seen people saying, like, you know, this is a... Uh, super unoptimized game but i'm loving it because of all the little monsters but i've also seen people being like this is unplayable at times so i don't know i think if you're a like a pokemon fan you can put up with it but if you're someone who's like interested in getting into pokemon for the first time you've heard like hey this is the first truly open world pokemon game check it out uh it might not be for you but i don't know i'm i also saw a video of a guy using a a switch emulator on his computer and the game ran flawlessly because he was using like computer specs. <laughs> um, and he was like, yeah, this is solely the problem of like not optimizing and the hardware is just a little bit too old and game freak just didn't spend enough time optimizing it. So, well, and I, I wonder about them because they, maybe it's their engine because they used to make these exclusively for like the 3ds. Like, yeah. did they beef up that engine for, the switch or like what's going on there but, i don't know that's a good question um yeah it's one of those things where i see uh, like reviews and listening to people who have played it they're like it's maybe the best pokemon game ever except it just runs so poorly yeah that it's like unplayable at times well and they and, came out and they said they're willing to work and like fix these bugs but who knows? Like, I mean, they're on such a pace. I wonder how much you can do, like, for those performance issues, though. And even by the time they're done, they're just going to be moving on to the next one. Like, they push one of these yeah. out every year. It seems like. Well, there was there were two Pokemon games that came out this year. It's true. So, yeah. So I, I mean, mean I by the time they finish, like, hey, Scarlet and Violet are in a playable state, they're already going to be marketing the next one. You know. Yeah, I think they need to slow down the pace of you know pokemon releases and maybe that would prevent something like this but it's a cash cow it is a cash cow uh and i did listen to the mcelroy's game podcast and they had on like one of their their kids and who was like the target audience <laughs> for this game and of course the kids don't care at all about yeah, performance care. issues they're like hey pokemon it's fun and i like it so like it popping. is sort of it is sort of exclusively uh, an issue that like people our age who maybe grew up with Pokemon the elderly. are upset about. Yeah. Elderly people like ourselves. <laughs> um, how do you think elderly people like ourselves feel about the Mario movie? You know, 
I watched the second trailer, which came out this week, a couple of times, and I am not not looking forward to it, I have to say. I <laughs> I saw an article that was like, uh, you see a lot of movies where like one performance will carry a movie. And I think this is an instance where, this is what the article's viewpoint was, like that's a thing that exists, but this is an instance where it's the opposite, which you don't see often. Everyone else's performance is going to be uh, holding up Chris Pratt's, who again, I think is a, f- I mean, whatever, he did the Wahoo in this trailer, so that's fine, <laughs> but... I'm so much more it interested so in weird. like Seth Rogen's performance. And I think Jack Black is a great Bowser, I have to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luigi, I mean, Charlie J is just doing Charlie Day's voice, which is Yeah, fine. I was going to say, like, that's the problem I have with it is I just hear Charlie Day yeah. and I just hear Chris Pratt. I don't like. It's a problem. And I, I still feel like we haven't really gotten a full face, like, uh, full what am I trying to say? Like, uh, we haven't really seen the full picture of what he's trying to do yet. We've only heard snippets. Yeah. I want to hear like a minute of un- un- uninterrupted dialogue to see what he's really doing. But it just seems like he is doing Chris Pratt, which is, I mean, it's a choice, I guess, or it's a lack of one maybe, but I don't know. Well, the animation I, I also cool. wonder if like at the start of it, it's, it's going to be just Chris Pratt. And by the end, he's like, full um charles martinet like oh you think he's somehow like like converting i don't know i I don't know well because like you said like we've seen heard snippets where he just sounds like chris pratt and then we've heard others where he's like going wahoo and like trying to sound like mario and i just like is that just gonna phase in and out like come and uh, come and go every now and then he sounds like mario and the rest of the time he just sounds like chris pratt because i feel like that would also be a little distracting You know, I don't know. And we have a basic idea of the plot now, it seems like. Bowser is one by one taking over these different islands. And it seems like maybe Mario and Luigi are in whatever sort of real world they're in. Like, I think there's a promotional shot where there's an American flag in the background. So they're like in New York. And then they get sucked into some sort of warp pipe and then spit out and separated. And then it seems like Luigi's going to get captured and sort of be the damsel in distress and mario so is my prediction correct which one i I was texting you my predictions of how the 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 plot would unfold i think it is it's gonna be so he meets up with peach and she's like this is happening and we need to fix it and then they need to get the kong's help i think the kongs are gonna be integral like there's a shot where they're looking at all the islands on a map and you can see in the top i did watch a game explain video that pointed out a bunch of like uh stuff about this trailer so i am a little bit more knowledgeable now but you can see bowser's island and you can see an island that used to be the penguins island from the first trailer like it looks like a lava island but on the very it look like a mario game overworld exactly basically and then there's an island that looks like a kong's island and then there's the peach island and then there's like a, a sand island so i my theory is that like peaches can be like, well, we need the Kongs help for some reason. Maybe they have access to Rainbow Road or whatever, or there's some reason we need Donkey Kong's help. So they go there and they're like, well, Mario's got to do all these like tasks in order for us to like uh, think he's cool or whatever. So he like fights Donkey Kong or whatever. And then they eventually become friends. And then they're all like, let's go get Bowser. And at some point also they like, 
Peach is going to be like, well, you're just a plumber. You need to like, you know, learn our ways or whatever. learn how to be jump man. Yeah. Learn how to be jump man. I guarantee someone will say jump man in this movie. Actually, that's a good prediction. Um, yeah. And but I, it, it does look like it's going to be sort of a greatest hits of like yeah. different Mario. Games I would not be, be like, oh, I recognize this part. I don't yeah. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he plays golf at one point. Oh, really? I mean, we he's in a it, Mario it could part. Be, it could be like even a sort of, you know, sizzle reel type thing where they're cutting through him doing lots of different things and like yeah. adjusting to. That actually is even more likely. I would say there's pro- like maybe there is a training montage and then someone else is like, oh, yeah, you also have to do sports maybe. And so we see him doing golf and tennis and whatever version of weird soccer they did. And I could definitely see that. I bet that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I I will watch it. I'm not like hotly anticipating it because I I also expect to be a little bit disappointed by it. But the more I have watched the trailer and I watched that game explain video about all the little teasers and tidbits, um, I'm getting a little bit more excited about it. I still don't know if I'm going to go to the theater to see it, but yeah. I guess it just depends on how I feel that day. But I don't know. I, I want to see another trailer where we get like a full face of Mario talking for like 30 seconds. Cause right now we still, I feel like we haven't like seen the forest for the trees yet. And I really want to see if he is in fact doing anything. Cause sometimes there's a little hint of something. And I just, I am so curious about the end result of all of this. Like, I don't know. He was so confident in that one video. Like you're <laughs> going to see this Mario voice and it's like nothing you've ever seen before. And if it is just his voice, then that's like, I guess a, a good prank, but I don't know if that's, this is like a, a good uh, zone for pranks. I feel like that's just marketing speak. Yeah. Like, like every movie is like nothing you've ever seen before. That's true. When really most movies are pretty similar to other movies. I gotta say. Seen. And also I'm very excited for how this movie ends because if, Nintendo is like all in on stuff. I wonder if they will realize the benefit of doing a cinematic universe and something crazy happens at the end of this. Something, some other IP walks in. That's going to be very exciting to see. How crazy would it be if like Pikachu shows up? I would love it. That would be great. Like, I'm trying to imagine Mario and Pikachu in the same image. I think Kirby could definitely show up. They've already done a, a Pokemon movie. It's true. So. We've never seen an uh like quotes IRL version of Kirby. Um True. So that would be crazy. I I I would I mean what would really Star Fox? Star Fox would be cool. What would really blow the roof off of the house is if like Link made an appearance or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or if that Peach would. was like, I gotta talk to my other princess friend and she gets out a little cell phone she calls Princess Zelda. Yeah, I mean, they would do it in, like, a more magical way, but yes. No, she would have That would be it, very though. cool. Or if, like, yeah, what if, like, I'm trying to imagine, so, like, the R-Wings from Star Fox, mm. like, fly overhead, and also Samus's ship, like, lands or whatever. Now, that would be, because, I mean, they have the formula. We've talked about this so many times on this podcast. They have the formula already laid out their smash brothers is a thing and there's been like uh they could do the plot from the most recent smash brothers ultimate they could do that uh whatever star side emissary or whatever it was from brawl or i don't remember which one that one was but uh 
I mean, these characters have gotten together in other things. So I think it's what everybody wants. And they want other, I mean, based on how, I don't know, I guess we'll have to see how this movie does. But if this movie does well, I mean, Nintendo could get into the business of movies, you know? Yeah, I mean, Smash Brothers is a good name for a game. It's not a great movie title, but um, maybe it's a great name for will. a burger place. <laughs> That's true. Um, but we can move on. I mean, I, I feel like they'll have more trailers for this thing. There's going to be at least one more because this is coming out in like April, right? Yeah, there's plenty of time for them to do another trailer. I'll also. Maybe this was the Nintendo Direct they were talking about. Was that? I thought maybe they said something about another Nintendo Direct, or maybe that was this one that I'm. I didn't hear. About. Yeah, I mean, this technically was a Nintendo Direct. Like you can watch. There's like a slightly longer version of it instead of just the trailer where Miyamoto comes out and he's like, "Hey, what's up? Uh, we changed. Like Donkey Kong looks weird now, or whatever. Here's Seth Rogen to talk about it. Um, and then at the end, he's like, "Wasn't that cool? I guess we'll see you later." So I mean, it's <laughs> technically a direct. Well, uh, let's talk about The Witcher 1 remake. The Witcher. And how it's going to be open world. Now, I don't I, know a lot about The Witcher. I know, I guess, the most about The Witcher 3, because when that came out, everyone said it was such an amazing game. And I watched people play it for a while, but I didn't realize The Witcher 3 seemed open world to me, and I didn't realize previous games were not. Yeah, The Witcher 3 is open world, and I don't think the previous two are, correct really? me if I'm wrong. But, I, that's surprising um, to me. Certainly, the first one is not, because the remake, it's like a, a, a big news item that The Witcher 1 remake will be open world. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool. This is, to me, like what Sony's kind of doing with, you know, trying to bring uh the last of us up to like modern standards or whatever this this is just like what we're doing now with games like let's remake stuff and bring it up to a modern standard to put this um, i mean if this was linear though and they're making it open world that's gonna be a a stark change i would think that's gonna be a lot of work yeah i feel like it's gonna really change the witcher one quite a bit and and it could just be like the story is the same but mm. like they basically do it um in the style of the witcher 3 mm. um which i don't know how different those games are from game to game but they basically tried to do something similar with the mass effect legendary edition where they're like these games like from game to game like there is kind of a mechanically a big difference between them, especially the first one to the third one. Mm. So they, they tried at least a little bit to remake the, the combat and like the UI and all of that to be a little bit more in line with mass effect three. It's not like they didn't remake the game from the ground up to basically look and feel like the third one, but they changed just a little bit, just tweaked it enough to to be like, it's a little bit more in line with the other two now. Hmm. Uh, so, I, I mean, I wonder how much of that will happen with the Witcher remake. So, uh, How do you feel about Overwatch? You know, I don't super care about it. I, <laughs> uh, you know what? That's a good summation of how my feelings on it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the second season is going to start uh, on December 6th, which 
I think it's next week as we're recording this. They announced a new map, a battle pass, a holiday event, and like more stuff coming out. I think there's a new character that's coming as well. Um, they have like a whole like information graphic up uh, that Game Informer was sharing about all the stuff that's coming, and it's supposed to be the uh, second season of Overwatch Two is like sort of Greek mythology themed. Ooh! So like all the different skins and everything are gonna sort of tie into that. Um, seems kind of cool. I, I enjoyed what I played of Overwatch Two, and I may still jump back in and play some more of it. But I'm curious to see what they they add for the holiday events. So. Speaking Maybe of, I will report back on that later. Speaking of seasons changing, uh, I believe that the next season of Fortnite is going to be happening fairly soon. There's an end of season three thing that's going on. Uh, I think this weekend, as we're recording this, and then it will transition, I believe, over into like a new map and everything. And I, I might check out the new season of Fortnite. Really. I don't know, man. I listen to I listen to that Get Played podcast every once in a while, and uh, they checked out Fortnite during October as like a gag kind of, and some of them got like really into it. And to hear them talk about it, because none of them had ever really played a battle royale, and uh, to hear them, I guess technically one of them had played the Final Fantasy one that I was going to check out, where you can like ride a chocobo, but. To hear them talk about it, it's just like, it makes me nostalgic for playing PUBG back in the day. And like, it was such a a unique experience. And if it's going to switch over and be a completely new map and everything, I feel like it would be a good time to dive in. So I might check out Fortnite and report back. I would be very interested in hearing your thoughts on Fortnite. I mean, I got this computer that I built it. that I basically built for Starfield, but that's not out yet. So uh, I got to do something with it. Yeah. I mean, you can play Fortnite on your phone. It's I true. Mean, nobody wants to do that. That's but a good point. Yeah. So speaking of, oh, wait, we got another thing in here. I, I almost moved out to moved on to the games that are out this week. Yeah, I threw this in here. I thought this was interesting. Have you ever played any of the Amnesia games? I have not. I played the first one, Dark Descent, is that what it is? Um, For a while until I had to stop playing it because it was too scary for me. And they came out with a second one that I think was called like a machine for pigs that I think was okay, but people were maybe a little disappointed in. They're coming out with another game, Amnesia the Bunker. And this game is interesting for a couple different reasons. It is It gives you a gun. Uh, first of all, which uh, amnesia games don't really are not in the business of giving you weapons. You usually just have to hide and like maintain your sanity. But also (laughs) it is somewhat open world, which is weird. Uh, And I don't know what that means for a game like this, Uh, but it's interesting and I will not play it, but (laughs) I know a streamer who might play it and I'm interested for that aspect of it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, amnesia dark descent, I feel like was a really big Like, uh, it was in the zeitgeist for a while because it was like a very scary game. It was one of those similar to how people used to say like, oh yeah, can this PC run crisis? It was some of the, it was something like that where someone was like, oh yeah, you're like, Amnesia is like the scariest game or whatever. And so I am wondering if this is going to be a return to form or if this will be another machine for pigs type thing where people are somewhat disappointed. But I'm so curious to see how they've evolved the gameplay and how they've 
decided to make this open world. I think it'll be an interesting thing to at least read about, if not play. Yeah, Game Informer's article on it says it's semi-open world and it will be like emergent gameplay. Yeah, I don't know what that means. There are hardly any scripted events. Yeah. So I'm very curious as to how like what that really means it so. must my take on that is like their ai is pretty good like their monster ai they're basically just going to drop a thing into the world and then you're just going to have to interact with it like it's going to see you it's going to be able to detect you in some way very similar i think to the alien and alien isolation that a lot of that was emergent where like you would just get into a zone and the alien would also be in that zone and then you just sort of had to like figure it out <laughs> A little like the Emmys in Metroid Dread where yes. they may or may not be in the zone exactly. that you're in yeah, right yeah. now, Very but you know it as, as soon as you enter a certain area, there's a chance that it could be there. I wonder if Metroid Dread is actually a very apt description for what this is going to be. I don't know. Like it's sim- it's going to be, it's obviously not a Metroidvania, but I wonder if it's like a th- kind of a 3D version of that where you're you go into certain zones and there are like any type things that you have to avoid. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds interesting. Maybe something to, to check out later uh, that I might watch instead of playing. Cause I also don't really yeah, like for spooky sure. games that much, but let's talk about a spooky game that came out this week. Ooh. The Callisto protocol. Um, have you gotten a chance to watch any of this? No. And actually uh, that streamer, the streamer I was talking about who I, I watch sometimes who I think will play amnesia, the bunker is doing a playthrough of Callisto Protocol. So I will probably check that out at some point. Um, I've watched some of it, yeah. What have you... I've heard mixed reviews about it. The Steam reviews are very bad right now. Um, It is, uh, like, I watched some of the Digital Foundry video as well, talking about performance. And it seems like if you're playing this on console, specifically PS5, you are probably fine. Like, you're probably not having a bad time mm. of it. But on PC, the thing just does not run well. Like, and it doesn't seem to matter, like, what your hardware specs are. It's just, like, across the board, people are, it's not running well. Well, and I think also some of it is review bombing because they came out with that thing where they were, like, uh, certain death animations are blocked behind a paywall. You have to pay to see certain Wait, death really? animations. Yeah. That was the thing that came I out. I did I not hear about ago. that. That's crazy. It is crazy. And I, I don't understand the uh, reasoning behind that. But that is, you if you want to see all of the crazy death animations, you need to pay extra. That's, yeah, I, I hadn't heard that. But that is insane if that's the case. <laughs> but, um, but no, there's like big, like recognizable Hollywood actors in this game. And Who's like in they it? did motion cap. Uh, that guy from Transformers. Uh, Mark Wahlberg? looks like. No, no, <laughs> no. Earlier uh, Transformers, the the guy that looks a little bit like Timothy Oliphant. What's his name? Josh Demol. Oh, I yeah, 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 yeah. I know that guy. That guy is oh. the main character. I didn't and know that. Um, there's a few others. Like I know um, we were talking before about how uh, the... Karen Fukuhara, the actress in what is that? Suicide Squad and like a the couple boys. other things. The boys, yeah, she's uh, another like main character in it, and so there's some recognizable Hollywood actors in it. Um, the 
it seems like most people who are like playing it on console are like into it and are not sure why it's like getting such like mixed reviews but like the critics are like i mean this thing doesn't run well Mm -hmm. on certain platforms and you have to like recognize that yeah uh if you're reviewing it but also it it seems pretty derivative of uh dead space and i mean i watched like uh some footage from it and it is almost indistinguishable at points from dead space like even to the point of having your health on the back of your neck yeah so it, it is doing dead space but under a different name basically and it from what I've read in the reviews, it doesn't necessarily like do anything that would be like as good or better than what mm-hmm. Dead Space already did. Yeah, it's so, not taking the formula and running with it. It's just sort of taking the formula. Now, uh, like if you're a fan and you're playing it and you're enjoying it, you may very well get into like the story and the characters and the universe, and maybe you like Dead Space enough that like whatever i'm into dead space i'm into what this is doing as well and that might be fine for you which is why i think there's such a disparity between like the critic reviews and like the actual like player reviews but uh anyway another game that came out this last week is marvel's midnight suns i have to say i played mario and rabbids and i played marvel snap oh, yes. and everybody is making comparisons to fire emblem uh really? three houses which i loved so now i'm thinking do i care about this game <laughs> <laughs> uh and so yeah i've watched some of it and i may play this i don't know i like the idea of XCOM games a lot i never really got into them but I watched a playthrough. There's an old channel I used to watch that is still happening called the Yogscast. Uh, and they used to do a thing where these two guys would play the old, old XCOM, uh, like from the very old days. Um, and one person, because the whole thing about XCOM was half of it is combat encounters and half of it is like managing your base or whatever. So one person would be the combat guy and one person would be the base guy. And that was very enjoyable to watch, and I spent a lot of hours watching that. And it made me get really into the genre, but I've never actually... I mean, aside from Mario and Rabbids, I've never really p- played these, like, tactical-style games. But, I mean, watching trailers for this, the production values are so high, and it's crazy. I mean, when you get out of the cinematic universe of uh, Marvel, you forget that, like, oh, yeah, the X-Men are also around, and, like, Blade <laughs> is here and stuff like that. And so it's crazy to see all these characters walking around and like being playable and communicating with each other. Um, It seems like a really cool game, actually. Yeah, people are into it. Uh, And and it is like so we reference uh, XCOM because it's uh, for Axis. So it's the the makers of XCOM. And this was supposed to be or it was pitched as uh, Marvel XCOM. Mm -hmm. But it is. Like they traded in sort of a little bit their system they had going for XCOM to a card based system because they were like, we tried making it Marvel XCOM, but like it didn't really make sense to have like, you know, a 90% chance to successfully, (laughs) you know, hit somebody on an attack and to for, you know, Spider-Man to just like miss his shots all the time. (laughs) Like that didn't really make sense. So. They, they did switch it to a card-based system, 
which I know you are against. Yeah, I don't but, love uh, a card-based combat system, I have to say. In seeing the reviews for this game, uh, suddenly it kind of clicked in my head why people are so into card-based games and why we're seeing like more and more of them as opposed to just like the standard uh, turn-based system that you might have in like a turn-based RPG or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's because in those types of games where you have like a turn-based system, it can get very stale over time where it's just like, okay, I know I'm going to use these attacks and in these orders. And so I'm just going to mash the button until everything happens and the fight is over. And you kind of get into uh, a little bit of a rut where you're just doing the same things over and over again. Whereas a card-based system switches it up enough that like you don't know necessarily what cards are going to flip and so Mm. you kind of have to be a little bit more on your toes in terms of like your strategy and how you approach different fights and so yeah i could see that suddenly it, it makes a little bit more sense in my head and i've never been like super into like deck builders or anything like that but i've also never been super anti card based systems um, and the one in Marvel Marvel's Midnight Suns is a little bit more character based where each character has their own like mini deck. So you're not dealing with like an overall deck, which makes sense because you can swap characters in and out. So they would each have to have their own sets of abilities. So that's the part that's always so daunting to me about deck builders is like there is a correct answer, I feel like a lot of times. And so I. I feel I often need to like go and see what the meta is and see like what I need to basically build the perfect deck. And that I feel like takes a lot of fun out of it, but it being like character based, it makes it a little less daunting where you can just like build per character. Yeah. Yeah. So I I'm curious to see how some of that works and I might check it out and report back Mm. on it. It might be like the game I end up playing over Christmas this year. So We'll see. Uh, Another game that came out recently or since we last talked on a podcast was that Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. That's uh, like a cooperative, uh, like PVE uh, sort of survival game, a little bit akin to something like Left 4 Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is on Game Pass, so I did download it, but I haven't played it because... I've never played a Warhammer game before, <laughs> but like earlier this week, like everybody was streaming it yeah. and it did seem kind of fun. And the the part of me that put like hundreds of hours into Mass Effect 3's cooperative online mode, mm-hmm. that part of me is like, yeah, I, I enjoy cooperative uh, games like that, PVE games. It's basically why I want Overwatch 2 to actually come out so I can play like the PVE stuff. Yeah, really. Um. So I am curious about this game. I might try it out and let you know if it's any good. But Do let me know. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I wouldn't mind jumping in if it is. I, I, I Similarly, I saw a ton of people streaming it earlier this week. And uh, I was like, man, this is like very much in the zeitgeist. Yeah, people are into it. Um, yeah, so it's on Game Pass. So I downloaded it and I will maybe check it out this week and we'll see. Um. Other things we've been playing, maybe before we get to God of War Ragnarok? That's pretty much all I've been playing is uh, God of War. I thought about downloading Marvel Snap, but I haven't done it yet. Um, And I've just been pretty much too busy to do anything else with family. I have 
I have to say, I've, I've probably played at least a match or two every day since I initially downloaded yeah. Marvel Snap. Um, so I do still recommend that game if you're thinking about it. I, I at least think try I it might out. dive in. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> uh, so I played Somerville, and it didn't really hit me the way it did other people, I guess. And now, did you like Inside? I did like Inside. I liked Little Nightmares 2, like, maybe the most when it comes to, like, that style of, like, Creepy side-scrolling side sort of platform. Yeah. yeah. So having that as, like, sort of the, the one I hold up as, like, this is sort of almost the pinnacle of this style of game. Somerville, I don't think, hit on that level. Mm. Like, it didn't quite get there. Um, I don't really understand what was going on. I and <laughs> maybe I needed to just look up uh, a video sort of explaining everything in the ending. Um, but I, I mean, I did look up one video that was like, "This is how you get the good ending," and I was like, "I don't, I don't know how you got there. Like, <laughs> what, what in your brain decided this is the sequence of things I need to do to to do this? Like, there was nothing in the game that told me, that gave me any indication that I was doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just like I, t- I think I texted you after I finished it that it was like my experience with it was, hmm, I guess you do this, and then the game's <laughs> like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you did it. Now you can move on to the next scene. And so I would do that and I go, okay, um, I guess I do this. And it's like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Do go to the next thing. And I, as, so I go, okay, I think maybe I do this. And they're like, no, you got the bad ending. <laughs> like, try again. I don't know. So <laughs> it was one of those games that like, it wasn't that long. It was very short and it was not, like I think the gameplay itself was not all that interesting. How are the puzzles? There's not much in the way of puzzles to be honest. Really? It's there is like some stuff where it's like you you can like move things around. You have this sort of special ability that will let you do that. Um but otherwise you're basically just moving through scenery and um every now and then you'll have to like avoid like this light that's like sort of watching you. And if you step into it, you die basically. (laughs) Um, Other than that, there was maybe one puzzle that felt puzzly to me. The rest of the time it was just basically getting around and that was about it. Mm. Um, And I didn't find the world or even the like, situation to be quite as gripping as some of the other ones of uh, of the style that mm-hmm. i've played so okay. it didn't do it for me but um it is on game pass and it will probably go on sale eventually and i would say check it out if yeah if i probably will interested. pick it up when it comes on switch i think yeah um the other game i played that i wasn't super into uh but i tried for maybe about two hours uh, earlier this last week was that ghost song game yeah that is also on game pass it's a, a metroidvania with a heavy emphasis on the metroid mm-hmm. side of that equation and it's also a little souls like i thought because really? it was like very difficult and 
um, you're sort of putting points into different attributes, but um, you move around very slowly. And like, I, I know with these games, you, you start out with basically nothing and you have to like build up your character in order for it to start feeling good. But <laughs> this game just did not feel good to me. I don't know why, but I couldn't get into it. And maybe it's partially because I over Thanksgiving, I played all the way through a game called Hack or Hawk. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Mm. It's H-A-A-K and it's a, a Metroidvania that has really flown under the radar this year. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it until you texted me about it. Well, I don't think anybody has covered it, but I follow that um, metroidvania subreddit Mm -hmm. and people have been talking about it quite a bit in that subreddit Um, i should subscribe to that subreddit yeah so i i decided to check it out and it's good (laughs) i don't know it's uh i think it's a little bit more about like platforming and like um exploration and like finding uh collectibles and stuff like that Mm -hmm. than it is maybe about like fighting bosses there's only like a handful of bosses and like any good Metroidvania, like the more you explore, the more stuff you find. It does a good job of like constantly rewarding you with like a new ability or like an upgrade for an existing ability. And like I would get to a boss fight and I would struggle with it and I'd be like, OK, well, clearly the answer is I just need to go explore and power up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, revisiting areas you've previously been to, but now you have like a new movement ability or like a, a new attack type would allow you to find more stuff to power yourself up. And it also does a nice thing where it's sort of like a quality of life thing where uh, like outside of boss rooms or like combat areas, it will have like a little vending machine that you can interact with and it'll be like, here's a like shield that you can buy that Mm. like will tank so much damage for you or like here's a debuff for the boss like that's great do you want do you want these help items to get through like a boss fight and um so i use some of those but the the trick to those is the more of those you buy throughout the game the more it sort of like drops your sort of skill slash difficulty rating Mm. for like completion of the game Mm -hmm. and like that doesn't matter it's whatever like if you don't if you want to play a game on easy or normal as opposed to hard like you make that choice anyway so this is just kind of like if you choose not to buy any of those help items it's like playing it through on hard i guess or if you buy some of them it's like playing it through on normal um so i thought it was an interesting approach to like difficulty yeah um and so, yeah, I kind of liked that system that it was just like they had come up with an interesting way to sort of help you out or give you the option for help if you wanted it. Hmm. So that's a good game. It was on sale uh, this like over Thanksgiving, I think. Which oh, is was it part of the Steam sale, the autumn Steam sale? Yeah, there was a Steam sale happening. So I picked it up and couldn't put it down. I I played it on Steam Deck. And so it was great to just be able to you know, while I was on vacation or vacation while I was, you know, on Thanksgiving break, I guess, to just be able to pick up my Steam Deck mm-hmm. and make little bits of progress here and there. So uh, and then the only other thing, well, I've played a little bit more Ragnarok, like I jumped back in earlier this week and 
just like went back into it to try to complete some of the stuff I hadn't done before, like side quests and some of those berserker fights. Mm -hmm. So I've just been doing some of that. And then the other thing I played is Pentiment. I am into the third act now of that game. And it is, I will say, not for everyone, but also it's very good. (laughs) (laughs) So you're liking it. uh, Yeah, it's a lot of dialogue and not much action, but that's the kind of game it is. I mean, it's, it's a little, I don't, I don't want to say point and click adventure, but kind of point and click adventure because you're not necessarily like, oh, how do I, you know, advance the plot? Because I need to get through this door and I have to figure out like what item to use to like do this thing over here to allow me to get through the door. You're not doing stuff like that so much as you're just like everything is dialogue based. I guess you do find items and stuff in your investigation, but Basically, there you play an artist in like the 1500s, and you're in this like sort of small town uh, in the Alps, I think, and you like are doing some commission work for the Abbey, and you're sort of getting to know like the townsfolk and the people that uh, like the monks and everything at the Abbey, and like this murder happens, and so you're sort of. A little bit the bridge between those two worlds of like the peasants and the the people that live and work at the abbey and so you're doing the investigation basically and you only have a certain amount of time to complete the investigation and you have like a bunch of different leads to follow up on and so you're you're going around the town and talking to, to different people and trying to work out who done it um and there are, i don't know if it's saying too much but there's like multiple murders that happen in the game. And so (laughs) you're doing a lot of investigating basically. Um, And it's very interesting. It's interesting, not just because they have like, you know, real historical um, things sort of happening uh, in the background. um, And you're sort of learning about some of this stuff, but um, it does a thing where if somebody makes a reference to like a person or a place or you know some sort of church related thing and you don't know what it is you can hit a button and it's sort of it's like zooming out uh, the page in the book and you can kind of look at an annotation at the bottom of the page that's cool and it'll explain what that is that's and then very you cool. zoom back in so yeah that was a cool feature um i don't know i'm liking it <laughs> it's i'm very curious to find out like how this is going to wrap up I also feel like I've made some wrong decisions along the way. So I'm almost curious what it would be like if I played it through a second time, but made very different decisions <laughs> or like my approach to the investigation went very differently. Like I followed up different leads the, the next time. I'm curious because it, it kind of goes, or at least in my playthrough, like some things go down, especially in that <laughs> second <laughs> That second act, like things go very poorly, uh, or at least they went very poorly for me in my playthrough. <laughs> so I am, uh, I'm very curious how different it, it'll be depending on like, maybe you accuse somebody else of a murder. And so th- just the events and the characters who are around in the next act end up being different. Mm-hmm. So, um, I might 
have to watch a video that explains everything in the end too because <laughs> there does seem to be like this mysterious like thread puller in the background that you Ooh. are not very sure who it is and like so i'm trying to figure out if i can solve that part of the mystery as well but man i'd say it's pretty good I am interested in it, I have to say. I think it's something I would want to play with my girlfriend because I think she would be very interested in it as well. Yeah, that would be a really good thing to play with another person. So I might check it out. I have been watching some stuff. Have you watched The Willow Show? Yeah, so did you watch this when you were a a child? I watched the, uh, the old movie a long time ago. I loved the old movie. We had it on VHS, and I would watch it all the time. Mel Kilmer is great in it. Um... So I was like, yeah, I'll check out this show. The first two episodes are out now on Disney Plus as we're recording this. And it's, I'm going to keep watching it. It is a little bit like, uh, I don't know. I always think about, uh, did you ever watch that show Workaholics? No. Uh, Do you know what, like that Comedy Central show of those three guys, like Adam Devine is one of them? I mean, I've seen like the i guess poster for it they they did a thing one time in their writer's room where they wrote down like every hack phrase that they didn't want to include and i always think about that because a lot of them are like things you wouldn't think about but then you realize like oh yeah that is something that like everybody says um and i feel like there are some of those lines in this show which is a little bit of a bummer but so what you're saying is it's poorly written. <laughs> Some of it is, but I love like Warwick Davis, like as soon as he comes on the screen, he like steals it and he has this like way, especially, I well, mean, did you ever it, watch uh, Life is Short? Isn't it his show? It is, but he it takes a while in the first episode to get to him because it's kind of leading up to him. Um, did you ever watch Life is Short, his show on uh, like British television? No. He's really funny. Like, he has sort of transitioned into being more of a comedy person. And so he brings a lot of that to this role now where, like, a lot of his stuff is just, like, very dry humor that I enjoy a lot. Um, and it's good. I, 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 I'm I going to continue to watch it. I think it is good. Um, part, like, uh, leading up to getting Warwick Davis involved, there were some parts where I was like, man, I really wish they had spent just, doing, like, another another pass on this script. And, like, remove <laughs> some stuff. But, I mean, whatever. They're also playing to, like, I think a younger audience, which is maybe not for me, which I understand. And maybe young people will like this. But... I was going to say, I, the trailer I, I seemed dumb to me, but it maybe... Follow, like, it follows a younger group of people for a while. And they definitely do talk and, I think, act like current-gen teenagers, which is whatever. But I think Warwick Davis... Uh, elevates it to something where i want to continue to watch it now i will say a bummer thing about it is uh val kilmer's not in it because obviously he is not well he was in top gun but that was possible i think because he was already in the area this is shot in wales so i think it would be difficult i think they said it was like impossible to figure out a way for him to get there because he's just like not doing great which is a bummer but he, they talk about him a lot, and the producers of the show, I think, have said that he is, like, uh, an integral part of the story. So, I don't really know what's going on with that. Um, I wish he was more in it. I think he is a very cool guy. At least Mad Mardigan is a very cool guy. 
Um, but I'm going to continue to they watch. They could just it. recast him. Yeah, they could. But I mean, they kind of have a Mad Mardigan style guy who is cool in it. He's like a, a, a thief guy who's helping him out, who has like a very cool cleaver that he uses. And that so guy, effectively, they recast him without exactly, yeah, using yeah. the same character. And that guy's gotcha. great. That that character, I would say like my two favorite characters right now are uh, Willow and that guy whose name I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but those two guys are great. And it has the guy from Spider-Man in it, who I initially thought I wasn't going to like in this role, but he's also kind of growing on me. Um, Tom Holland? No, no. Uh, the the guy who plays Flash in the Spider-Man games. Or in the movies, I should say. Um, but yeah, I I am cautiously, cautiously optimistic about it. It is like going coming out weekly. So I will continue to watch and maybe I'll fall off of it. But um, so far, not too bad. And then the other thing I've been doing... Zach, Chainsaw Man is great. I have to say, I've talked about this before on the podcast, and I'm watching the anime right now, but the last episode of the anime came out, and it ended in a a way that was so crazy that I was not expecting. I was like, man, I need to just start reading this. And so that's what I've done. I have an iPad that I don't use for anything, so I now just read anime or read uh, manga on it. Uh, <laughs> I got through like a hundred volumes of this thing, which is not saying, I mean, a volume is not a lot of pages. It's like maybe 30 pages or whatever, but, uh, man, this, uh, it's great. It's a really interesting story. And I am now set up. I don't know how long the anime is going to go for, because I think the season is getting close to concluding. I think we're at like eight or nine episodes. So they're going to wrap up for a while, but, um, is it on Crunchyroll? It's on Crunchyroll, yeah. I think it's on all all things, actually, because it's so popular. So you can get it on probably Netflix and Hulu as well. But mm. um, it's great. The manga is great. I believe I've wrapped up the main, the first arc, rather. It's still being written, because like this is a new manga. So I've completed the first arc, basically. Um, I think that ended at like, no, like in the eighties or the nineties. And now I'm on to the new one, which is currently being written, um, which seems good. But uh, a lot of interesting things that I'm really excited to see animated whenever it gets animated, but it's probably not going to be for a couple years. Um, I recommend it though. If you're interested in it, it is free to read because you can just most manga, you can just Google like read this manga and it will pop up to a website where you can just click through them. And that's what I was doing, and it formats really well on mobile, so I can just like click through and read this basically for free. I don't have to buy anything. Uh, that's good. And if you're yeah. interested in it, that's definitely a way to do it. And it is like it is crazy. I don't know if this is true with other adaptations, but at least for the Chainsaw Man one, a lot of it is one to one. Like the anime really pulls like one to one from the comics. Um, and so I'm so interested to see when they get later on to these huge set pieces that happen. But it's very good, and I recommend it. It's a, a great little anime that I uh, didn't really know anything about, and I kind of dove in, and now I love it. I'll have to check that out. I'm interested. Um, did you watch the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? No. I don't. I'm not super. I don't think I care about that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I'm not going to sub to Disney Plus to watch it. So I'm a little marveled out. You... I will watch that new Paul Rudd uh quantanium or whatever because i like paul rudd but and obviously i'll watch any spider-man stuff that comes out because i we've talked about this thing in the podcast before but i love a thing where somebody has a secret 
That's why I like a lot of uh, like holiday stuff because someone is secretly Santa Claus always. But um, <laughs> oh, speaking of uh, Santa Claus, did you see that? Uh, what is that Christmas movie with David Harbor as Santa? That looks crazy like, to a, me. Yeah, Violent that Nights. That looks insane. Yeah, I'm interested. I kind of want to watch that. <laughs> um, but uh, the where the place where Spider Man left off, basically spoilers for the last Spider Man. Nobody knows who he is anymore. And so he's going to have a big time secret for the next one. So I'm very excited for that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I think I'm good. I'm all marveled out a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah. fine watching them at my house, but I don't know that I need to go to a theater to see them anymore. That's one of the things that has surprised me about my interest in Marvel's Midnight Suns is I could not care less about any Marvel movie or TV show at this point. Like I have zero desire to keep watching more Marvel stuff. But for whatever reason, I really want to play that game. So, but yeah, I'm kind of the same way where it's just like, eh, I'm marveled out. I oh. can't take any more shows. I didn't movies. put this into the show notes, but there's something else. Um, did you ever read Neuromancer back in the day? Uh, I think so. Is that, I forget which one that is. It's, uh,. It's sort of, I mean, it's like the first kind of cyberpunk novel where like a guy, it's actually very similar to The Matrix in a lot of ways where like a guy is a hacker who's kind of just like hanging around and then- I vaguely remember that. A girl comes and is like, hey, you need to go, we need to go do this thing. But um, The Matrix is in it. I think it's the first instance of someone saying cyberspace is in that book. Uh, And they do call something The Matrix, even though it isn't, it's like much more- um, theater of the mind. It's not like one to one, like you drop into place and you look like how you look and stuff. But um, some said unfilmable, uh, and it was in uh, development for a long time, all throughout the '90s and the 2000s and things like that. Never got more than like pre-production. Apple TV Plus, I guess, is making or thinking about making a Neuromancer show. I think it would work better as a show as opposed to a movie. Um, and they might get Miles Teller to be the main guy in it. Really? Which is interesting. That's I, interesting. Yeah. I subbed to Apple TV plus just for severance and then I unsubscribed to it and I'm planning on resubbing to it when severance comes out again. But, uh, I would sub for Neuromancer cause I love, it's like one of my favorite books. And, uh, I was going to say that might be the one thing that would get me to sub to Apple TV plus. It's crazy. But. Like the two books I read in high school that had a huge impact on me are Neuromancer and Snow Crash and Amazon owns the rights to Snow Crash and Ringworld as well. Amazon owns the rights to Ringworld. Mm-hmm. They just haven't done anything with them. Like those stories came out years and years ago that Amazon TV studios purchased yeah. uh, Ringworld and Snow Crash as IPs. I remember that. And yeah. there's just like nothing. There's been no movement on them. But uh, Neuromancer is something I definitely, I'm so interested to see how much money they throw at it because towards the end of that book, some crazy stuff happens and it would require some money to accomplish. So I'm interested to see. Actually, I here's something else. I don't know if they would do it one season or uh, if they would want to try to stretch it out to multiple seasons. The story is so compact. I feel like you could do it in like a 12-episode a thing, but I guess I don't know what the plan would be but interesting thing to look I mean, out for. I, I would hope that they do a better job adapting that than netflix did with 
uh, Alter oh Carbon. Gosh, what is the name? Yeah, Altered yeah, Carbon. That is a real bummer. Altered Carbon, that series is like my favorite series. Um, Richard K. Morgan, all three of those books are just so nice, so good to, uh, to, to read. Like his prose are so nice and he has such interesting ideas. The world is so rich. And they really did not do a great they job. They really botched that show. They did. It, I've talked <laughs> if, about it If before. you watched that show and you liked it, go read the books and realize how much better the books are. It's alarming, the changes they made to it. It like makes it such a worse story. They've shrunk that world yeah. so much. Like It's such a... I feel like it's so easy to fall into that trap where you're like, oh, let's include... Let's make everything center around the main character about this world, where, in fact, you want to do the opposite. You want this character to just be living in a world that feels yeah. like it's alive, but they instead shrunk every plot point to just be like, oh, this directly involves you, which I feel like is not the way to do it yeah you want your universe to feel expansive and it does not in that show also a lot of their changes felt geared around trying to make it more like you know like a teen novel basically as opposed to like an adult novel Mm -hmm. (laughs) where a lot of the changes just made it feel a little bit generic uh like teen dystopian fiction where uh, like even when they they go to like the woodsy area and they have the people there i was just like this just feels like yeah i've seen this before but not in like a great. really dumb i it was such a movie a crazy 180 where like i they revealed it and i was like man this is great and then the first blurb about it was like uh the main character is part of a like a resistance unit that hates the technology of stacks like uh changing consciousnesses or whatever and i was like what is yeah. happening that's not this <laughs> book they made like, it into like a revolutionary a little bit. yeah they know. did like the opposite of what the book actually was and then, then when they revealed that his like girlfriend invented stack technology i was like this is awful yeah it made no sense and was very very bad um did you watch all of andor you know, I didn't. I have only heard good things about it, and I've heard a lot of people saying say, it's like the best that Star Star Wars has ever been. I, I mean, people say Rogue One is great, and it was too sad for yeah. me. And I think that this is also too sad for me. But I have seen clips from later episodes where I'm like, man, this does seem really good. Like I specifically, I saw a scene with um, that Sarsgard guy. I don't know what his character is called, Lauren or something. Um, but there's a scene where he like escapes from this Imperial cruiser that is like just like in a vacuum is like a very good piece of Star Wars. And so I don't know. I also I am aware of some of the plots of the episodes just because I read some stuff from Wikipedia. But it does seem too sad for me. But I will acknowledge that it is probably very good. I mean, I have like goofed on this show because like that the character Cassian Andor is just like was such a forgettable person from that movie that I also didn't particularly like. <laughs> and so I was like, well, who cares about a show revolving around this character that we know is already dead? Um, that's such a that's the thing though, is like you're gonna you're gonna get all this character progression, you're gonna fall in love with this character, and then I think they're probably just going to be a one-to-one. He's going to walk off screen towards the beginning of Rogue One, and you're going to know he's about to die, and that makes me very sad. Well, and I, because I've also heard good things about it, uh, but I also wonder 
if it's coming from the same people that also liked Rogue One, which I thought was a not good movie. <laughs> I I don't know why people like that movie as much as they do. I there's some of the writing and like plot points in that movie are just downright stupid. Like the the scene where the I think he's like a pilot guy goes and force Whitaker like is like, hey, if I you know, stick this crazy octopus thing on you, you will, your mind will go to mush and you'll tell me the truth and everything I want to know. And so he's like, oh, well, that seems bad. It's like the the pitch meeting guy where he's like, well, how is he going to get out of this one? Well, super easy, barely an inconvenience <laughs> because he does the thing to him and his mind goes to mush, but then What's-Her-Face shows up and she's like, hey, Hey, you're the pilot. You remember me? And he's like, oh yeah. Hey, he just like snaps out of it and he's good to go. (laughs) Like, it's just like stuff like that. That's just like so dumb. And that movie I feel like is kind of full of stuff like that. (laughs) I still maintain it should have been more of an Ocean's Eleven. I think it would have been cooler if everyone had a skill and you set the plan up and you like have to get into like a big not a casino, obviously, but some sort of fortress. And uh, I think that would have been very cool. I also, I know I know it makes me like uh, basic, but I like movies that have happy endings. And I, I wanted them to like escape somehow. But uh, unfortunately, they all died. Spoilers for this movie, but they all die. <laughs> and it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's one of those other things that I think uh, the reason why disney star wars has sort of gotten into such a rut that they just like stopped all movies Mm. uh in the star wars universe is that their only ambition for the star wars movies was what was like one line that was in like the original trilogy okay how do we make a movie about that (laughs) and it's just like you don't have to spell every single little thing out like do something else like do something actually interesting and like I don't know. I just, I have not enjoyed anything Disney has done with Star Wars. Mandalorian is great. I, yeah, Mandalorian. I did watch the first season of that, and I didn't like it at first because I, I, it seemed like they were just, uh, it was episodic instead of like a continuous storyline. But the it, the more you watch it, the more it does kind of become a continuous storyline. And so by the end of that first season, I was actually on board with it, but mm. I haven't watched the second season of it. I liked the second season. I liked the Boba Fett show, even though part of the Boba Fett show was just back to being Mandalorian, which is fine with me because I love the Mandalorian. I was going to say, I heard the Boba Fett show was also not good. I liked I his initial, I, I was into it. And I also like the theme for it a whole lot, the music theme. Um, but there are two episodes in the Boba Fett show that are just the Mandalorian, which again is fine with me because I love the Mandalorian, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, at some point I might watch Andor because I, I do think that it probably is great, but I don't know. I just, uh, it would be great if they revealed in the second season of Andor, like, Hey, I invented this teleporting technology, but I'm not going to tell anybody about it. And then they cut to the end of Rogue One. And before, like, the blast happens, he's like, hey, I have this teleport technology. Let's get out of here. And then he does that and then cut to them being alive. That would make me watch the entire series. Yeah, that would be interesting. I would love that. That would be a real a real twist. Uh, do you have any desire whatsoever to, to watch Rings of Power? You know, 
because I do not. <laughs> I, but I also already know everything that basically happens in that show. My girlfriend loves Lord of the Rings. And so there might come a time where we're like, you know, we have this, like we have Amazon Prime or whatever. Let's just watch it. Um, So I might watch it someday. But right now I don't have any burning need to. The, the pitch meeting guy released uh, his pitch meeting about it. And it seems like laughably bad. <laughs> Um, in a lot of ways, and I've heard basically nothing but bad things about it. Oh, really? They spent a lot of money on it. I think it was like the most expensive TV show ever made. More than I feel like they did a like I haven't so I famously have not watched the final season of The Expanse because I'm saving it for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but that you should watch it. I know I need to watch it, and I'm very excited. Actually, maybe I'll. Maybe I'll watch that coming up. But that uh, that had a bunch of money in it, didn't it? I I, I don't think they spent that much on it. Really? Um, I mean, they may have. Uh, they probably spent more on it than was spent on it while it was like under Sci-Fi, like coming yeah. out on Sci-Fi Channel. But not in comparison to Rings of Power. Like famously, there are many articles about how this is the most expensive t- TV show, like the most money spent on a TV show. Uh, ever and (laughs) maybe there will never be a show that spends so much money and it seems to have been all for not because not (laughs) only like I've also seen articles about how not only is the show bad but like interest really waned as the show kept going Mm. to the point where they were not like the viewership fell off in a huge way from like episode to episode so Mm. it seems I don't know what they're gonna do (laughs) Like, Did it get renewed for a second season? I think so. I, I think they even... I, I saw an article about how they had uh, basically benched the writers for this show. Um, I don't know what that means going forward, if they're going to do something completely different with the next season, but the they've basically sidelined the writers because it has been kind of a massive disaster for them. Mm. <laughs> so... I can't say I would recommend it. In fact, I would say probably don't watch it. But um, anything else? Or do we want to have your parting wisdom? My parting wisdom, you know, I I watched the scene from the movie Stargate last night where Daniel Jackson solves the cartouche and they put in the sequence of runes or whatever for the first time that movie's great and <laughs> stargate sg1 is a good show but man stargate the movie is also great even though it's not the same characters i i think it's the I, same I, characters recomm- just not the same actors i've been getting a lot of stargate recommendations i think because i've been watching best of teal compilations because of god of war yeah um teal is a great character and he is uh, yeah. as is kratos i need to and, watch more uh, of that show I would say if you haven't seen Stargate, it's a great little 90s movie that, you know, it's got some Kurt Russell in it. It's got some James Spader. It's got, you know, it's like a mid-budget 90s movie. I think it's a, a worth a watch. It's good. I th- And the, the theme for it is so memorable and good. The music is so good. And they use that to and good they, yeah. uh, to they good use it in the, in the show. show. Yeah. yeah. I was so say, you, my, my, my parting wisdom is to go watch Stargate the movie. I haven't watched it in years, but I... I do want to 
go back and like continue marathoning the TV show because I want to get to the seasons where uh, Benjamin Browder and yeah. Claudia Black are in it. Great additions. I'm a huge fan of Farscape is what I have to say. Man, um, Farscape is so good. I should watch that again. Is that available to stream anywhere? I think it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, really? I would have to double check that. But I'm pretty sure that's where I watched it the last time I watched it. Was on Benjamin Browder is just like such a likable character. He has like a charisma that I feel like is rare. Yeah, and they they do like some really interesting like experimental things with that show. Like yeah. from time to time, like there's an episode that's like a cartoon. I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, they do some crazy things with it, and it is like if you're a fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, like famously, that's a the, great point the director of that movie was like Farscape is like one of the big inspirations for Guardians of the Galaxy so go back and watch that show if you haven't and on that note I guess it's gonna wrap it up yeah yeah go ahead and follow us uh, at Starside Cafe on Instagram Twitter and YouTube and we'll catch you on the next one goodbye goodbye <laughs>